folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode one of a new five-part series. And today, joining us for the first time on the Daily Coffee Pro podcast, we have Marianella Baez-Jost. Welcome to the podcast, Marianella. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to join you in your podcast. And thank you for the amazing job that you do with telling and sharing the reality of the coffee industry in your platform. Thank you for your very kind words. We are very lucky to have you on the podcast because we're going to talk about something we've never talked about on the podcast. But I am 110% confident that people are going to actually go, oh, I never thought about it from this perspective. This series is going to be about direct trade from the perspective of the producer. And when you and I were talking about what conversation we were going to have, this really did come up as like an obvious thing for us to explore because we're never seeing that conversation happening anywhere, whether it's on LinkedIn or social media or in on any other podcast. And so you give people a, a, a bit of a background about what you do and then we are going to uh, explore what direct trade is uh, as we kick off this series. Okay, well, great. Um, I'm going to go back to the reason why I'm in coffee is because I was pursuing a dream. It was mm-hmm. just a dream of going back to my home country, Costa Rica, and owning a coffee farm. But it was a very naive dream because I wasn't at all in the coffee industry and my family is not in the coffee industry. So I went in with my husband and we moved to Costa Rica and started a farm from scratch from literally ripping the old trees to start figuring out what varietals we were going to plant and what we were going to do with our land and um, started from the ground up, really. And that was our learning uh, curve. And the one thing that I've um, come to realize that I am very fortunate person because I am a coffee producer by choice, not by Mm. destiny. It's a very different situation for me. I've fallen in love with coffee. I've fallen in love with following the bean because I'm also fortunate to be able to realize direct trade with our team farmers project and uh, so I, I get to see the full cycle. Um, and my experience um, really kind of allows me to see behind the curtains of each part of the cycle. And it is an honor for me to say I am a coffee producer. And that hat is really big for me because it is by choice. It's not by destiny. But I do feel compelled and I feel a huge sense of responsibility to be the voice And it's a privilege to be the voice for a producer. And I know I can say I know what it is because I have lived it and I live it every day. I manage my own farm and it's been 10 years. And so I'm I'm happy to share that point of view and and tell, you know, the audience, your audience, what it is like to be in the shoes of a producer and how does the market look from the ground up? 
Mm. And Farmer's Project is your, your project. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. Everything has started with Cafe Con Amor, which is my farm. Mm -hmm. And that's Coffee with Love because that was the only thing we knew we were going to add for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everything else was a learning experience. Um, when we started our direct trade journey, the first challenge we realized was that we were a small farm and with a small production, you cannot even achieve exporting because you're bound by a certain amount of volume. So it's feasible, economically mm. feasible. And what's that volume? Well, a container. So we started Farmers Project with other friends, farmers that we had met through networking and through actually opening our own home and our farm to have uh, agronomists come and give us talks and other people that had more experience teach us about seedlings and bridles. And so we we started a group, kind of our own network of just sharing practices, and we invited them to the idea of achieving direct trade. Out of 12 people we invited, we only ended up with two. And that's how we started Farmers Project, the first export eight years ago. Wow. When we say direct trade, tell, tell us what direct trade is, because it's got so many iterations. Yes. Yes, I agree. If we simplify, let's just go back to a farmer's market. Where mm -hmm. is the, what, or, or any kind of commerce market? What is direct trade? Is the producer or the maker selling to the buyer? That's it. You know, it's a, it's a very mm -hmm. simple transaction. But coffee is very complicated and the layers that get that get kind of in between from the moment you harvest to the moment you export, there's so many layers that it's almost impossible to connect all those dots without having many middlemen, not one, many, you know, you, you go from the harvest, now you need a wet mill because most of the small farmers are not going to have a wet mill. And then you go from the wet mill to a warehouse because you got a package or, you know, actually sack your coffee to let it rest before you go to a dry mill. So for a month and a half, you need warehousing. And a lot of people don't have a shed big enough to put their harvest in there. Then from the dry milling, you need to get to an export facility. And then imagine all the different dots from the export to the import and the logistics in the country mm -hmm. that you're selling. So all those layers make it almost impossible for a farmer to be able to just, you know, connect all those dots. And I do think direct trade is misused as a term, is mm -hmm. abused as a term. It has morphed into a lot of um, catchy descriptions and that, that make customers believe there is more of a relationship that there is, really, truly. <laughs> Can you give us some examples of how the term is being misused? Well, I think for me, I always feel sorry about the final consumer that goes to a retail place, a supermarket, or even a coffee shop, and they look at a, a bag of coffee that they're going to take home. And there is so much on that bag telling you that, um, you know, it's it's not only direct trade, that they know the, 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 the producer that uh, there's a story on the farm, there's statistics and, and some information about that, that geographic location. 
um, it's, it's almost like a, a data sheet on a, <laughs> on a bag, right? All in the name of transparency. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the reality is that information has traveled through all those layers and it is very confusing. And so mm. when people look at direct trade, they, they believe that business where they're buying that coffee from really went and bought the coffee from the farm. And it's, it can be direct trade. It could be, you know, uh, just fair trade sourced directly from the origin. I mean, all kinds of different words. Like I said, catchy words that people believe like, okay, they have a true a business relationship with the farmers. And it's far from the truth. And, you know, it's it, I have so many people that ask me, Marianella, what's the coffee that, what, what should I look for? Hmm. And I said, on the label, you're going to read what they can market the best. But if you are uh, lucky enough to talk to the business owner or the roaster and actually have a conversation, ask those questions that are on the label, you'll figure out if it's, if it's real or not, if they know anything about that coffee or not. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough decision and it's a tough market, a, a tough um, process for a consumer to, to buy what's real direct trade, you know? Why, why don't we have a direct trade certification? Uh, certifications are another complicated uh, right. topic. Mm. I think certifications are born with a very good intention mm. on paper. If you read certifications, they sound wonderful. It it almost it almost like. It's, it's a story that builds a, the solution and, and everybody's going to be happy at the end. Um, mm. But in reality, I have a totally different perspective and, and view of certifications. First of all, certifications leave a small farmers out because we can't afford them. Yeah. It'll never pay to have a certification because first of all, we're not, for the most part, the small farmers are not being the ones selling that last point certification is an, a, an added value for that last person that's selling the coffee mm. to the to the roastery or the or the big retail um, box um, customer. But so, first of all, I think that certifications also are overused because the auditing of those certifications, especially after COVID is not even happening. I shame. know farms that have Rainforest Alliance certifications <laughs> and AAA certifications and uh, all kinds of uh, fair trade certifications. They haven't seen an auditor in four years. So really, That's I mean, you, you, you get it renewed by paying, but does that mean that people are following right. the certification guidelines? Not really. And also the other thing is you have certifications that are kind of grandfathered to, to the smaller farmers, but it is the co-op that got the certification. Right. But nobody's checking on those other smaller farms and see, are they really following those guidelines? No, it's just, it's a big umbrella. It covers a whole bunch of people. So to me, um, yeah, certifications and having a direct trade certification would be just another just another business really certifications are a business and so i don't think that that would bring any uh more truth to the matter 
Speaking of truth and speaking of uh, value, in the next episode, we're going to talk about the financial aspect of direct trade and the reality of that for producers. So join us in the next episode, folks. This one is going to uh, perhaps shed a little bit of light on why direct trade isn't so uh, great for the coffee producer or the the idea of the way it's produced. So join us in the next episode. Thank you, Marinella. Uh, peace, love and peanut butter, everybody. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.